0: Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show number 41. This interview is with Jared Schiffman, co-founder of two companies that work on the area of digital for business. One is an agency called Potion, and the other is Perch Interactive, with a fabulously innovative technology to help enliven the retail space. In this interview, we discuss the challenges of implementing interactive technology in the retail shop and exchange on how digital will play a role in retail in the future. Enjoy. Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and today we are operating thanks to the wonderful communication uh, platform of Skype. Uh, I'm in Paris, and on the other end, I have a, a master in bringing digital into the retail space. So who are you and what do you do?
1: Sure. Hi, my name is Jared Schiffman. I'm a founder uh, and principal uh, at Potion, an interactive design firm in New York City. And I'm also a founder of Perch Interactive, which is a uh, a uh, design company and technology company focused on interactive retail. So, Jared, tell us how did you get into this uh, space? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, I've I've always been interested in the intersection of um, of, of computer science and uh, design, um, and and actually education as well. And uh, I began, you know, really focusing on this. Uh, while, I, while I was at MIT, uh, studying both computer science um, and, and visual art. And um, then, you know, over, over the years, and this is, this is, you know, going back quite a while, became quite interested in uh, interaction design and sort of, in particular, how people interact with media in physical space, so looking at, uh, you know, uh, interactive surfaces and in, in media that, that lives off the screen.
0: So what do you find are the biggest challenges of, of of in this in this uh, cross section, as you say, between design and and uh, the human being and uh, technology.
1: You know, that's an excellent question, um, and, and I feel like I'm, I'm every year. I feel like I have some new revelation. Um, it, you know, lately it's really been about just trying to discover what, just getting getting back to what what's intuitive, what is what is natural. Um, and, and, and it's a funny sort of game because I think that, um, you know, if you were to sort of ask that question, say, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, you know, people would, would answer, well, of course, you know, pen and paper is natural and, you know, flipping a light switch is natural. And, you know, do, it, there's a, sort of – or, or gestures are natural. And, God, and, God uh, forbid a fax machine is natural. Yeah, yeah. Guess, a fax machine is natural. But but there's sort of, you know, you know sort of more, uh, I guess I call it sort of antique technologies um, – you know, seem very natural to us, uh, seem, seem, uh, just easy to use. And, and I think at that point, you know, 15, 20 years ago, everyone was looking for, uh, those sorts of analogs in the digital world. Um, nowadays, you know, I mean, uh, you look at like the, 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 pinch and swipe methods on the iPhone or a lot, just a lot of new interfaces. The, the, the notion that there needs to be, you know, a direct analog reference is, is not so clear anymore. So, um sometimes something can be intuitive just by seeing it once and if it's if it can be learned in five seconds or ten seconds and other people can repeat it you know that's um you know that, that that's fine
0: whether it's with your agency uh or with perch the the i would say I'll characterize that more of a product yeah. what are the types of clients who are most prone to use your services
1: i mean cer- certainly um, we've done a lot of work over the last eight years um, for museums like the Smithsonian, the Met, uh, the Holocaust Museum in D.C. And, I mean, I think that, that the reason that museums have been interested in great clients for, for so long is be- for two reasons. One, they understand, you know, the, the potential of communication in physical space because that's sort of, you know, exactly what museums do even you know, outside of technology. Um, and they're, they're very open to, you know, sort of new experiences one other piece of it is that uh, museums are fundamentally sort of social spaces Mm -hmm. they're places that you go with your family or with your friends. And so anything that goes into a museum has to be designed for more than one person to operate at the same time. Um, and that's really been a a big design challenge, um, to, you know, how how do you make something that multiple people can interact with simultaneously and and not just simultaneously, like in parallel, but to actually create a sort of shared experience, Um, And what what about in
0: terms of business? Because, you know, museums, I mean, intuitively, I'm going to say, uh, being from the outside, I'm not, they're not the ones that have the big bucks. Well, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, from uh, the companies, brands, where do you see how, which types of clients are most likely to use you?
1: Sure, sure. Um, So I was going to say, in addition to museums, we've also done uh, a lot of uh, corporate lobby installations, like for HP and Cupertino. Uh, Bell Labs in New Jersey, which has this uh, amazing collection of you know the, of um, you know the first laser and the first uh, hmm. transistor, um, and okay. we've also done a lot of work for restaurants and bars, creating interactive bar surfaces and interactive tables for restaurants, in sort of reimagining what the restaurant experience can be. That's all the work that we've done, at Ocean, on on the service
0: side. So, uh, if you talk about a restaurant, what type of services are you looking at? What give, give us an example of, of a client or or use cases of interest.
1: Yes, certainly. Um, the the first two that we did um, almost at the exact same time. Uh, one was called Clo, which was at the Time Warner Center in New York, and the other was called uh, Adore, which is a David Rockwell designed uh, Alain Ducasse restaurant at the St. Regis. And um, you know, both of those had similar functionality, but very different sort of aesthetics. Um, the essential functionality is that they're they're both wine bars, and you know they. Uh, you know, two things in common. They both had, you know, this great collection, you know, like hundreds of wines, um, and also an interest to, uh, you know, communicate or to, to convey information about those wines um, in a way that uh, was intuitive and, and was easy to search through. Um, wine is something that's, uh, um, you know, can be hard to characterize, and there's also different. A whole set of different audiences that you sort of need to cater to. There's obviously, you know, wine connoisseurs and then there's, uh, people who know less about wine. So trying to create a menu that's more than just, you know, uh, a menu, uh, but that's something that, uh, is, edu- you know, educational as well and, and experiential. At, at Clo, uh, it was this very modern old sort of James Bond-esque white Corian bar, uh, with the inter- all black and white uh, fixtures while at, uh, Adour, it was, you know, a goatskin bar over uh, a cast bronze, well, over sort of cast
0: bronze sculpture in this sort of, like, a, this, like, colored, just a very luxurious space. Well, you know, but listening to you, if I had, if I just changed the word wine for technological product or fragrance, the, the, the problem is pretty much common to a lot of other industries. So do, do you have other industries that are also looking at it? Because, I mean, you know, between having 200 different wines and different types of wine lovers you also have you know thousands of fragrances or thousands of variations of telephones and so the the, the person who's selling them is having trouble at their point of sale and 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 on the face in, in face in front of them they have a customer that oftentimes knows more than they do so i mean i see that challenge happening a lot of other places do you have other clients
1: that are other types of environments that are using you yeah, that, I mean, that, that is exactly the type of work that we are doing at Perch. So um, Perch is a spinoff of Potion, and it's in, as I mentioned previously, it's specifically focused on the retail environment. Um, and whereas the Potion work has been um, more sort of uh, custom one-off types of displays, uh, Perch is uh, a, a platform for retail um, that's designed to be you know, scalable and easy to install and, and to distribute. Um, and so that it can be used in 50 stores, 100 stores, all belonging to this. All right. Well, I met you uh, thanks to my, our good friend Mark Hurst,
0: and, uh, and I went to visit uh, not once but twice uh, Story, the beautiful store on 19th and 10th in Manhattan. And uh, so I, I have a, an appreciation of your, of your product in situ, and, of course, I also saw your other uh, instances. Talk us about some of the other installations of Perch that you have.
1: Sure, sure. So uh, the, the, the essence of Perch, Perch uh, that differentiates it from a lot of um, the potion work is that we're integrating the physical product directly into the display. Um, so if it's a shoe display, there are shoes on a table, um, and we are projecting media, interactive media all around it. Um, so uh, one of our biggest clients right now is Cole Han, um which is a, a, a major store in the United States. I think about 100 stores selling know. shoes. But, but you know, has a very large number of stores in the United States, and uh, uh, we've created uh, an interactive sort of shoe display uh, for them. And interestingly, at you know, at, at the locations where it's at right now, um, we're using the table surface that they already had in place, um, and uh, the shoes actually you know sitting on the table in the exact same way they were before, but now um, we have. We can sense when you pick up a shoe, we can sense when you touch a shoe. Um, and, you know, the moment that, that you do so, the moment you pick up a shoe, um, that's when we can deliver, you know, media uh, and you know, information, uh, you know, whether it's technical specifications or seeing someone just walking down the, New- you know, through, through New-, New York, um, any of those, uh, uh, you know, are options. And so, and we've actually been exploring a whole, a whole bunch of opportunities with Cole Haan. When When you want to install Perch,
0: into a retail space how long does it take and how complex it is is it to adapt and customize to the environment just like you did with kohan
1: yeah i mean the installation it normally takes between uh and i'd say hour and a half if uh if you're doing like oh, say a wall mounted unit or a you know, floor stand if you're doing something in the ceiling it takes a little bit longer maybe like two or three hours to just to do the physical installation um, in terms of the design work and the media development, um, once we, you know, what we normally do we work with our clients to, um, come, come up with a, a handful of, of templates sort of, uh, based on, you know, the size of their product, how many they're showing, just in general, how they like to arrange them on the table. Um, and then once we have those templates, and the templates normally take, you know, two to three weeks to develop, mostly just because it's a, it, it, it is a real, um, design process so we, we, we want to sort of walk you through exactly how everything will fit together um, once we've been through that process and we have the template uh, you know the media can be updated you know in, in a day or two or three days I mean it's, it's very similar to I would say you know if, if you were just putting a, a, a new new product or you know on, on your web page you want to create some new graphics for it you want to you know get the right marketing information um, and all of that you know Takes time, but none of it, uh, from a technical perspective, is uh, is prohibitive. So, th- in essence, what you have is a,
0: a projection onto a surface that interacts with the objects that you or yeah, perhaps services that you want to sell, and, and the whole thing is wired into obviously head office, but is also in SaaS. I'm going to guess, and, and therefore is internet, and you can you, you could operate uh, from a distance. And, and control the whole series of merchandisings in all the stores
1: with one finger. Yeah. That's, Is that right? And that was designed, you know, from the beginning, we realized that, that just having just one of these displays, while it's, you know, great to look at one of them, um, wouldn't be that beneficial to, you know, to, to large retailers who have, you know, 50, 100, you know, 500 stores, and that to really sort of leverage um, the investment in, you know, in, in the displays, um, you'd you want to be able to uh, control them from a single space and, and and do so in the same way that, you know, m- most retailers right now, you know, they, they have campaigns with, you know, visual marketing where uh, for, you know, whether it's every season or even oftentimes every month, there's a whole new set of posters that go up in the stores. There's a whole new set of uh, little placards that go by the registers. They're, most retailers are already used to this, this process of distributing visual media. The, the difference here is that that media... Is located literally right where the product is. So you know, if they spend all, uh, you, know, you know, generally large budgets developing either uh, television campaigns or web campaigns or whatever it is, they can take all of that that marketing information, put it literally right next to the product and, and even sort of underneath the product. Um, and it from and in general, most of that that comes from a sort of central office anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can upload a design and then it will be in all the stores the next day. Um, Sort um, instantaneously. One of the things that,
0: uh, I mean, outside of the wow effect, and I, and I really, you know, get juice, and I can just imagine the creative op- options that could be open as we become, as we mature in how we approach this. There's a wow effect for the customer, comes into the table and has this rich media experience. The thing that really got me jacked as a, as a business guy, marketing guy, was the ability to have. Simultaneous or real-time data on on how the customer is interacting with your objects. Talk us through your back office uh, platform and how you measure what's going on.
1: Sure. So it's it's actually the same sort of central system that we use for the media distribution. Um, So you know we you know and we know exactly you know how many displays you have, exactly which designs are assigned to them, and it's very easy to assign them. and then once, once that's in place, uh, on site, we begin, you know, collecting information so that we know whenever anyone touches a product, we know when someone picks up a product, we even know if someone sort of is standing in front of the display. Um, so pretty much any interaction they have with the display itself or even the surface, I mean, the, the perch surface is effectively a multi-touch surface as well. So any interaction that there is with a surface, um, we, we track and, and that, you know, little bit of analytics is, uh, you know, for each interaction. is is uploaded to our server so you know over the course of a day or a week or a month you can look at exactly you know which products are being touched the most which are being picked up the most uh, and do so uh not just from one location but you know across all of your stores Um, yeah and i also
0: like this idea that you could have a, a different image with a product and that certain images are going to be more talkative and then maybe have a, have a face image as opposed to a floral image, and that's going to be more talkative to a population or vice versa. Uh, I love the ability. I think that's, that's an amazing part. When when you are selling in your project, what are the challenges you have? What have you come across as in sort of roadblocks of, of putting this in, in, into place?
1: Sure. Um- I mean generally when we bring bring people by you know our our office to sort of see first, everyone's excited to see it and it's it's new. I think you know uh new new is great until uh you know you have to convince everyone that that, 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 that it's uh you know worthwhile uh, a worthwhile endeavor so you know just from like a business perspective um there's uh, you know always a, a, a bit of you know convincing that uh sort of up, up the chain as it were mm-hmm. that you know, this is uh you know the right way right way to go and, and it's worth investing in. And that's why we've done you know quite a number of, of pilots lately um just just to sort of you know test it out in store. And it's been educational for us and it's been educational for uh for the stores as well. In How, terms of the, yeah. the sort of you know uh roadblock for the physical installation or even the design work, I mean I think once we get approval and once it's clear where it's going in the store, um we really haven't had that that much trouble, either on the inflation side or with media development. Um, yes, it's, it's been, fortunately, uh, you know, pretty straightforward.
0: <laughs> well, I'm imagining a harder conversation, Jared, where someone says, all right, listen, Jared, great, it's really wow, but what's the return on investment?
1: Um, so, I mean, that's information that we are, uh, you know, s- still collecting right now. Um, you know From from the partners that we're working with, uh, we don't have. I'll be honest, we don't have that information yet. Um, I would I would argue that it, at least sort of in the short term, that uh, you know, there's an immediate return on investment at least from sort of the the, the, uh, the customer um, you know impression. If you could sort of have a customer impression metric and looking at looking at sorry, looking at it from uh, a marketing perspective as opposed to a sales perspective, um, that you have this display in your store that, you know, is a memorable experience, that people are gathered around, it's bright, you, that, you know, uh, that, that it's definitely sort of attracting people to the store, keeping them and you know, making them stay a little bit longer. And and like I said, you know, just a moment I think that that sort of memorable experience, having just a positive experience, something new and exciting uh, with with the product, um, you know, in the store is is something that we're that we're um, you know p- pushing at the moment. Yeah. Uh, when, once we get the uh, official ROI, sorry, ROI data back, uh, I will I'll have more information. Well, and, and I
0: mean to relieve in a sense the pressure on that question. It's the same kind of conversation as well. What's the point of going to do social media? And 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 um, it's sort of like well, if you can if you can prove to me the cost of ignorance. Uh, then we can talk about the return on investment, and so there, there's this sort of soft matter and this wow effect and you know buzzometer. And if I went, if I take my experience at story, clearly my experience with Perch was one of the reasons why I wrote about it, why I wanted to get in touch with you. So I'm thinking that there's there's definitely a, a word of mouth phenomenon that's hard to measure because you know that's the most powerful one. If we could manage that with, with efficiency, then we would all become kings of the castle, but that's not our point. So, uh, Jared, when, you, when you're when you putting in place specifically perch, but I'm going to guess also when you put in place other tools when you're with, with potion, you end up having to work with a lot of different parties uh, in order to get it to work. I mean, you have marketing, you have maybe architect, you have uh, the boutique manager. Talk us through how that works.
1: Sure. You know, it it tends to be different in almost every situation. And, you know, we're we're very used to being part of a a sort of larger team um, that, you know, necessarily uh, on almost every project we do, there's some kind of interaction with either an architect or store designer or exhibit designer that someone you know, who has a firm understanding and familiarity with the physical space and can, you know, give us basic recommendations on where things should go and how they should connect. Um, in that, That's sort of on the, on the sort of pragmatic side. Um, in general, I would say we're working with uh, marketing departments or, uh, you know, the, the visual merchandisers um, or store designers. And, you know, in, in, in each company, the relationship between those two groups is – uh, is a little bit different. Um, so the, I would say in, primarily we're generally uh, brought in by the the, the marketing group mo- probably just because uh, there they tends to be lar- you know, a larger
0: uh, larger of, companies
1: uh, company, uh, just more,
0: more, more people seeking out new things. But don't you find yourself at sort of a little bit of the intersection between these different groups and having to sort of negotiate your way through, well, we need you to, work together, we need the information to be seamless in order for, you know, to, who has the assets, the designer, and we all need to sort of work around one common focus, which is making the customer experience beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it always is, uh, you know, requires a bit of coordination. I mean, so far, you know, knock on wood, we haven't run into a situation where, um, you know, we, we've encountered – Conflict within the companies that, that, that we've been dealing with, and that, um, that, that, that people, you know, I, I think in general, people are excited, uh, to be working on the per- project at all. It's probably, you know, something different than what they're doing on um, the regu- regular, the rest of their day, and and are just happy to contribute. Sort mm-hmm. of, it means collaborating between different departments. Uh, it, you know, they're, they're generally open to doing so. And sometimes that involves just the digital side of the marketing department. Sometimes that's like the you know the web group. Sometimes it's the IT group. Um, it, it really is different every time. But uh, the, the, the nice thing about purchase, once people see it and you know understand it, they have a pretty clear sense of of what the deliverables are, you know, and what what it needs to be. I, I think there's a moment where they think that that somehow the you know images are more than just JPEGs or the mm-hmm. movies are more than just movie files, but it, it actually uses pretty standard, you know, uh, you know, digital media, um, in terms of, of the sort of basic assets.
0: Looking forward, Jared, let's say the next, uh, 18, 24 months, because anything past that seems completely ludicrous. How, where do you see the trends, uh, sure. in, in, uh, of digital in the retail space?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I, I, I can answer that question, you know, sort of from, from two perspectives.
0: Except um, for lots more perch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, That's what I was going to say. So, I mean, I, I would say if you, you know, t- taking a, a step back just from my, you know, current position where I am now, um, you know, I, I, it's everyone knows that there's going to be enormous influence of of mobile technology, um, you know, in in the retail space, that and also mobile payment systems. Um, I, I would argue that that we're still at a point now where there's. Uh, while there's really amazing technology out there from augmented reality on cell phones to, you know, um, you know, QR code scanning and and all of that, um, that, that while the technology is amazing, there's just a huge barrier to entry, um, in terms of customers actually, you know, using those apps just because the app download process is still, you know, slightly prohibitive, especially when you're walking into a store that, you know, you've never been in and then there's a, you know, you just want to browse the store, you want to shop and then someone asks you to download this thing, it takes you know, five or ten minutes. Um, you know, I think that that perhaps once that process is simplified to where it's really one step or it's really in, in half a step, um, that equation will change. Um, and and I would say that that's that sort of where, where Perch comes in, which is that it's uh, it, I, it, it, it's platform agnostic in a way that, that, that anyone can come up and use Perch and, you know, they don't need any device at all. Um, and then moreover, it, it in a way, I don't say it doesn't feel like technology, but the, the interface and, and the way that, that it's, it was designed from the very beginning was that we were starting with, you know, how are products displayed in the physical store? How do people interact with those products? And and then how do we sort of augment that? How do we layer information on top of that? And I, I don't think that, you know, as much as online shopping is huge, and it, it is huge, it's, it's still only about 6 or 7% of all, uh, um, you know, uh, of, of all sales, at least in the United States. And I don't think that, that, you know, physical products are going anywhere. I don't think that, that tables or services or, or displays are going anywhere. So, um, I, I think we'll hopefully see both trends, you know, flourish that, uh, that, that there's definitely gonna be a lot of mobile technology and we're gonna be integrating with that as well. But there's also going to be, you know, perch and, and, and also ver- other variations on perch, uh, looking at vertical displays, other types of displays out there.
0: One of the things I've noticed when my last trip to New York was uh, the number of of digital interfaces that are in window shops as opposed to within the store. So my observation is that there's there's more emphasis on using digital screens as a, you know, a way to have images that you can update overnight as opposed to some hard copies you have to print and so on, using digital as a display. And something that's in the window, as opposed to something that's interactive and, and more sophisticated within the store. What's your opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the the window displays definitely serve a a, a purpose, um, and I think it's a it's a slightly different a, it is a different purpose than what we're doing right now with Perch. I think uh, you know effectively the window displays are you know what, what window displays have always done, which is. You know, they advertise the store. They they they're generally sort of shiny. They try to get people in. They try to attract people to the store and get people into the store, um, which is, I would say, more uh, attraction oriented, I, I guess, than say education or sales oriented. That you know, um, you know, uh, you know, Abercrombie and Fitch has you know as models standing, you know, in their underwear, standing in front of the store, I think that's, you know, hi- highly effective at getting people in the store now, whether that actually, you know, educates them about any individual <laughs> stuff. Um, you know.
0: The antithesis of digital.
1: Um, so so I, I think that there, you know, one thing that we've done at, at, at Potion for a long time is just think about what does this surface, this architectural surface, what is the context of that surface, and what does the information... What does it want to be on that surface? So I think if you look at you know a physical window um, that's outward facing, it there's just a natural sort of implication in terms of of what that media wants to be as opposed to it in or you know with products all around it. There's it's d- different type of information that you want to convey. Well, Jared, um,
0: I, I, I think I, I forgot to say at the beginning that this is the second time we had to record this because of uh, technological hiccups and and bubbles or bursts in the cloud, should we say, inefficiencies in the cloud. So I wanted to thank you for uh, taking the time again to come back on the show. Uh, and can you just tell us how people can get in touch with you, follow you, Jared, or anyone else in the team that you'd like to shout out for?
1: I don't know about people following me personally, but if uh, it They'd like to see the work that Potion has done. Um, they can go to PotionDesign.com um, or just Google Potion and bypass all of the uh, Harry Potter links. They'll <laughs> find us.
0: It's all another form of magic. Eh? Yes,
1: yeah, so we're we're up there. I think we're link number seven if you just type in type in Potion. Um, and uh, if you'd like to see the Perch uh, retail work, you can go to PerchInteractive.com or just Google Perch Retail and you'll find us right away.
0: Great. All right. Well, Jared, thanks very much for uh, tolerating my uh, double double whammy. And uh, great to have you on the show. And look forward to catching up and staying up with what, uh, what's going on in digital and retail. Great. Thank you so much, Major. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at MDIAL. Happy trails.